When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now he's making room. He gets to the 50. He gets to midfield. He gets to the 40. What an athletic display by Trey Ford. He's magic. He is the magic man of the Canadian Football League right now. He's got a line to the net. He'll come in. The shot scores! Edmonton's home for great stories, local heroes, and everything you need on the Oilers and Elks. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. It is early in the third period. It is a 2-2 tie between the Canadians and the Flyers. Meanwhile, late in the second period, Dallas leading Minnesota 3-0. And in about an hour, the Golden Knights will take on the Avalanche. The Oilers off today. They visit the Detroit Red Wings tomorrow. It's on 6.30. Chad with the face-off show at 3.30. And the game will start at 5. The Edmonton Elks, a two-year contract extension for big offensive lineman Brett. Boyko. All right, he joins us every couple of weeks on Inside Sports. He is presented by Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty. Former Edmonton Oiler, now a broadcaster with Sportsnet. It is Luke Gazdick. Luke, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Good read. I feel like it's been forever, man. How you doing? Yeah, well, what are we? Uh, yeah, a couple of weeks ago, I think. A couple we talked, weeks. Yeah, yeah, right after Christmas. It's gotten very cold in Edmonton, my friend. Very cold. Oh, we got some snow coming here in Toronto, too, but nothing like those Edmonton winners. I'll tell you what, I don't miss that. No, it's uh, what is the, the high on Friday? The high, uh, I believe, is minus 31. That'll be the high. What? <laughs> oh, man. I remember, I'll tell you, quick story time. I got my truck shipped up there when I first got picked up from Austin. This thing froze solid. It wouldn't start in the mornings. I used to have to call Jesse Joensu all the time. He lived down the road. I'd be like, buddy, truck's not starting this morning. Pick me up. I never experienced cold like that in my life. Yeah. But we're a hearty bunch, you know? We tough it oh, out. Yeah. And let's face it, we've had it pretty good. Uh, this so-called winter until now. So so we'll get through it. We'll watch Oilers hockey. I, I said to Rob last night during the second intermission, I said, I know this game is being played in Chicago, but it feels like a game fitting for the weather. Everybody is just a little off their game, a little, little drowsy. <laughs> I know the Oilers weren't stuck in this cold, but uh, it, it was an ugly win, no doubt. But it, it was a win. What were you thinking taking that one in? Yeah, it was certainly very sloppy. Um, I, I had a former coach, and I'm trying to think back to who it was. I believe it was Glenn Gullitson, but he had a big thing about not dwelling on too many negatives after a win, and I really try to carry that sentiment over even into my broadcast career because at the end of the day, two points is two points, but holy, like they mustered up three shots in the third period it just it, it looked sloppy from start to finish um that's those type of games chicago did that to 
Calgary on Sunday. There, it's like these trap mentality games when you get in to play these teams that are that have nothing to lose. They have a bunch of guys that are up from the American League trying to earn NHL jobs, and NHL guys trying to earn bigger contracts that ha- have been afterthoughts mostly in the in uh, their careers. And I just feel like guys have a little more time and space. I don't know if that has something to do with it, but you just you can't let teams like that hang around because they will just continue to continue to be pesky and that's what Chicago did I'll give them credit they work they compete not exactly in the best or smartest way but thank goodness the Oilers closed that out because that's a win you just have to have I, I said to Rob after the game I, I, uh, this is a great game if you like bad passing and missed shots I think like that was no, Chicago too, to be fair, but like the, the passing in last night's game was an abomination. Uh, like and it started early. Like I'll, I'll, I'm not picking on him because I mean, he's having a great year now, but like first two minutes, Bush tried this diagonal pass to get out of his zone, got intercepted. Even Connor, a couple passes as great as he is. I was left thinking who was that even intended for, Chicago cleared the zone for Edmonton a couple times on the power play just by passing to nobody. What seeps into it? Because like, sometimes it might be like, hey, a couple guys are off. But then you'd think, well, the other 14 or 15 guys can still, like it just, how does that seep through a whole team some nights? You know what I mean? You know what? I wish I had an answer for you, and I wish I had a good analytical explanation for you. But I've been there, and sometimes it's just not there. And it's usually leaning more to one team, but I've been in those games where it it's a coach walking in between periods, usually like second and third when the outcome or the result is, is about to come up in whatever called 20 minutes. Uh, and he's just like, boys, like, let's just get this thing done and get out of here, uh, especially on the road, trying to keep it simple. And, and I think that's the thing I go back to is that in situations like that, you really just try to simplify because maybe your game's not there. Maybe the team game breaking out, whatever it is, isn't there, but some nights, it's just like that. And I wish I had an explanation for you, whether it's the drinking water in Chicago or whatever the boys <laughs> had to eat last night, whatever it is. Um, some nights, it's, things just aren't going right. Uh, Skinner was exceptional, though. And what a run he's been on, really, since late November. Exceptional. He is the singular reason they won last night. He's not only making the saves now, but he's making timely saves. Like, when they need it, He's been there, and he looks a lot calmer in that. He looks a lot more confident. That'll come with wins. It's like the chicken or the egg. What needs to come first? Good player confidence. They go hand in hand. Uh, he, he just looks great. You know, I talked about this last night, but I saw Gene took like a cell phone video footage of their first game back in San Jose after the break, and Skins was the first guy on the ice just going through his movements, going through his motions. You could kind of tell he was um, doing a little bit of envisionment and, you know, whatever sort of, you know, head stuff that he was doing, but he just looks dialed in. His rebound control way better you usually saw like a really crappy goal early in the game that 
he should have and you just you're not seeing it as much anymore the save percentage is back up over 900 and he's really given this team a chance to win it, even better he's allowed them not to have to like rush into the market for goalies i think Two months ago, they were looking at every option throughout the league. I was on interviews being asked, who are they going, like, who are they getting, who are they going after? But I think he's allowed them a little bit of time and flexibility to not, you know, have to dive into something or give up too much that they weren't prepared for. Yeah, I, I thought he was very calming. And I noticed too, just snagging pucks covering pucks making sure there was a whistle trying to calm everybody down and and I, I, he helped them get through that third period for sure luke gazdick joining us tonight on inside sports uh big david and uh knoblock were asked about the offside review certainly it was something rob and i talked about i know fans are are talking about it close play at the blue line um well i'll ask you first of all what how closely are the players watching the replays on the bench while they're waiting and anticipating what the call will going to be? Like, are they always hoping like, Oh yeah, I think I was offside, but maybe they won't see it. Like maybe they won't see it. (laughs) You know what? I got to give you an honest answer here. When I was in the league, we didn't even have monitors on the bench yet. So this was, uh, this was us looking up at the jumbotron and mostly listening to the assistant coach who has an earpiece or both assistant coaches that have earpieces talking up to the stands or back to the video room, whoever it may be. And we would be asking them, what are you, what are you guys seeing? What are you seeing? And they would kind of give us an explanation of what was going on. Now they can watch and follow along with it. But my goodness, like, I don't even know what we're doing here anymore when I mean, I echo Connor's sentiment. When we're standing at the uh, at the boards for 10, uh, upwards of 15 minutes, whatever it was last night, and if you call it a goal on the play, you need to 100, 1,000% have some definitive stuff that's showing that that's offside, and I just didn't think they had that. And I think it's even more frustrating because I jumped on the old X machine, the Twitter machine last night, which I rarely do, just flustered at why Knobs didn't challenge Hyman's tip in just because they waved that off right away. And I just remember thinking, I saw that after one replay, like that's probably a goal. Like if they look at that again, that could possibly get overturned. So the frustration was certainly there post game from the guys. Listen, Leon's one of the best puck possession players in the world. I ultimately think it was very, very close. You know, an argument could be made that it was probably millimeters offside, but I just think if you're going to the board for that long, should we put these guys on a timer? Like, how long are we going to let them look at it um, in order to have to overturn something like that? Well, that's what I wonder, too, is if there if there needs to be a time limit, especially in the regular season, where you say, okay, if we can't definitively overturn it, let's not delay the game any longer. Rob argues for watching the offside challenges at full speed, and he says if he can't see it at full speed, <laughs> then you don't overturn it. Though I said, well, that defeats the purpose of all the technology we have to slow of, down the Of plays. the replay, yeah. But, but yeah, like, so would, like, would you be in favor of doing something to – just to speed it up or or do you just want the call right no matter what yeah and ultimately i do want the call right i think if 
this situation happens in game six of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I ultimately want them taking as much time as possible and making sure no one's getting eliminated or trophies being awarded um, from a missed call. But in a situation like last night, like, how about five minutes? And as soon as the second official comes over and puts that headset on, they're on the clock for five. And if they can't definitively show or prove, and I mean definitively prove, that they can overturn that, then they just got to move on. You can't be there for minutes at a time, past five, I'll call it. I think five's a good uh, good number where they're just standing there. And after a while, you're like, what are you guys looking at? What are we doing here? So possibly like a five-minute timer. I think that sounds like a good idea or at least something to try out. But it's definitely something they have to review the process of how they do that. Yeah, geez, five minutes. I'd be fine with a two-minute max. So, yeah, I, honestly, but, I said five, but even if you told yeah. me two, like that's cool too. Like yeah. a, just a general time for them. Uh, before I let you go, um, just in Chicago, uh, Detroit tomorrow, then Montreal. Uh, any well, is like is is it? I know Nashville's kind of moved up the list, but and New York's good, but Montreal and Chicago is road cities. Any good memories going into there? Ooh, two of my favorite places uh, in the league. Montreal, hands down, was my favorite place to play uh, on the road. I was fortunate to play a couple games there, even though we only went there once a year. I think I ended up getting in two or three games at the Bell Center. Uh, I'll never forget. And you know what? This is me growing up as a Leaf fan in Toronto, too. Like, this should be enemy number one. But the way the stands are set up, kind of the fans feel like there's they're right on top of you, 20,000 strong in there. They're so loud. And I remember skating out onto the ice, and the whole ice goes on fire, like the hologram, and the uh, the bridge to the Coldplay Fix You song goes. And, Reed, I started tearing up, real tears in my eyes. And um, I had full chills down my body, and I remember Ryan Smith came over to me as we're skating around, and he saw that I was kind of emotional. He put his arm around me, and he said, is this cool or what? Welcome to the NHL, kid. And I just I, I looked up at the sky, and I was just like, this is the coolest thing ever. So definitely some, some uh, cool memories of playing in Montreal. Chicago was up there. New York was up there. But if I'm going to pick a favorite road city, I, I'm giving it to Montreal. That is an awesome story. Luke, thanks for sharing that. Another great appearance here on Inside Sports. Uh, we're doing this next week, man, so I'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Talk to you then. That is Luke Gazdick. Man, great story about Ryan Smith and playing in Montreal. Luke joins us on Inside Sports, presented by Avalon Foundation Repair, Western Canada's leading basement waterproofing company for over 50 years, home of the lifetime warranty. Yeah, certainly the themes of the discussion today, not a great game by the Oilers, not a lot of crisp execution, certainly uh, the work ethic not as high as it has been recently, but they do get the win in Chicago with uh, another really solid performance by Skinner. And then the continued discussion about video review, and challenging and replay and all that kind of fun stuff, which I don't think is a discussion that will ever end. I've been doing this long enough and watching sports long enough that there are certain things that are always going to be discussion points. Uh, I think the NHL, um, quite frankly, I think they're in a pretty good place with replay. I, I think they've generally done a pretty good job of streamlining it. I, I think they've done a pretty good job of uh, narrowing the focus as to what can be reviewed and what can't be. I, I think last night's 
challenge by the Hawks on the Hyman goal on the dry settle offside. I don't think it indicates that the whole system is broken, but I, I do think there's a point uh, where you have to say, okay, we've been looking and looking and, and we still can't find anything, so therefore we have to go with the call on the ice as opposed to, well, somebody challenged it and it looks like it might be, so let's keep looking until we're convinced that it is too. You can let me know how you feel at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline powered by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty pro all the way. We will also have some discussion around the uh, angry rant by the Toronto Raptors head coach after last night's game and U of A hockey captain Josh Prokop all ahead inside sports on Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. My goodness, Kelly. Is this the title track from the 1990 Poison album, Flesh and Blood? There you go. Wow. All right. Montreal and Philadelphia still 2-2. Eight minutes left in the third period. 780-496-0063. Go ahead, Kellen. Mm-hmm. Lots of feedback tonight, Reed, on video replay. How much is too much? How long is too long? Uh, we'll get to Glenn's text, as it was the first one in tonight on that topic, and says uh, Glenn says it should be two minutes max. With that comes a 60-second window to decide whether to challenge or not. I think it might be time. Now, I know they're they're going to say we need to get all the available replays and look at it. Uh, the point of replay is to correct blatant mistakes. Now, I suppose you could argue I'm, – I'm, well, I'm not arguing against myself. I'm just – I'd like to look at everything if I can. You could say it, it correct a blatant mistake – the other side of that is when it comes to offside is is that a play is definitively onside or offside. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a one or the other proposition. There, there's no gray area. So they believe, I, I would assume the NHL believes, that the replay should be able to, to determine that. So they will keep looking until they can determine it one way or the other. But at, at what cost? Game flow? You know, I, I don't. I mean, yes, if it's a playoff game or a point that could knock a team out of the playoffs, um, I, I, I get it. That could be tough, but I, I also think there's there should be some kind. Now they have put in limitations around challenges. You can challenge as often as you want, but you get a penalty if you're wrong, and that's what the Hawks were were up against there. But that one just really felt like it dragged on, and, and it felt like it was pretty tough to make it out at the blue line, what exactly was happening. Mm-hmm. One from Ryan as well. Text again says, the timer doesn't work to address the problem. The intention of the rule was to stop egregious offsides. He goes on to say, Rob Brown is right. He is a very smart man. If you can't see it at full speed, then on you go and go with the call on the ice. Well, I agree that Rob Brown is a very smart man. Oh, I do. Yes. I do think, as I was saying to Luke, if, if you have the ability to slow a play down with all the technology we have in the world, you should you should do that. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, are we out of time? Well, we are out of time. You, you sounded like you were like, quit talking, Reed. <laughs> That's okay. Come, come back uh, to me later. Yeah, we'll, we'll, try, we'll try to fit in more later if we can. Uh, well, well this will be fun. I love having Paul Sir on the sh- uh, show, former executive director of Basketball Alberta. The uh, rant last night by the Raptors coach. We'll uh, take a closer look. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.